Broadcasting from the Any Hour Services Podcast Studios, I'm your host, Mike Wilson, and on this episode of In the House, we're going to be talking about flame sensors, like all things flame sensors. One of my favorite topics. <laughs> Let's go. In the House is a podcast about the major systems in the house, electrical, plumbing, heating, and air conditioning. This week, I've got Kevin and Richard back in the studio with me. They're managers over the HVAC install and service departments for any hour services. Um, how you guys doing? Fantastic. Doing well. So I, I do have to ask, Valentine's Day came and gone. Last time we were like talking to you, like did you beat the, what was what, what did we call it? I don't even remember it so long ago. Did you, uh, how did you put it? I just remember we Let had a big conversation. E- I'm gonna make this easy on you and answer. Beat the disappointment. No, I did not. Uh. <laughs> always next year always next year we'll, <laughs> we'll see well uh i do have a question for you um because i was watching television that's how i relax do you guys ever watch those uh like national geographic programs like the you know the planet or the blue planet like where it's got like these epic shots of the planet and animals and stuff like that you, you guys ever seen those Mm-mm. yeah what no. how could you have never seen one of those i simply haven't turned that on they're like you've seen yes. them, right no, I I turn on like stuff that I'll watch is like just some dancing with the stars. No, definitely not. <laughs> looking for new Zumba moves, <laughs> like uh, Caribbean, like sh- you know drone videos and stuff like that. I'll just turn that on like 4K and just have it play on the TV. Well, that's kind of like I mean, that, there's a lot of like cool okay. big shots there, but like these, like they've got this one guy like with this specific voice. Anyway, they always have like little tidbits of information. And since you're the only one that's seen them, have you ever learned anything from one of those? Like what's, what's mm-hmm. something that you've learned from one of those like oh, animal or planet shows? What's this called? I'm well, a, they're well, called different things, but like there's like blue planet, blue planet, and, like earth. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. Like the, if you, if you have like Disney plus, which, you know, you don't have to, but like they've got a, national that's that's how i like you know they've got this national net geo national geographic mm-hmm. tab Richard, and like a lot of those you've never seen planet earth no haven't we all seen planet earth i thought that was like a uh you live here a universal <laughs> no no that doesn't count as the joke you're gonna tell today does it kevin <laughs> oh my total um, joke well, while you while you guys are looking at stuff i i was wondering have you ever learned anything from these shows so my favorite ones were actually ones that my dad bought when i was a kid were they mutual of omaha mm, do you remember watching was, that on saturday mornings yeah i used to watch that it was yeah. trials of life was the title it was like a 10 di- or 10 disc it was 10 vhs <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I used to I used to love those things. My favorite was the killer whales because it would show the killer whales hunting seals. Right? Yeah, it was awesome. So, what did you learn from? from <laughs> I'm glad I'm not a seal. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I learned one the other day that was really interesting. Like, for instance, do you know why cows or and any bovine species why they have hooves and not feet? No. Because they lactose. <laughs> all right. I was so, going to say, I'm pretty sure there's a joke coming through here. That was all a setup just <laughs> for that joke. <laughs> I'm still looking this up. I don't really care. Okay. Well, I mean, it is a thing. You know. Like, that is a thing. But, like, I, I have to try. Like, you expect jokes from me now. And so, like, I have to figure out how do I, how do I set it up and take you, like, 
far enough away where you're like into the story of what's going on and then like sneak it in there. You, you know what I mean? Along those lines, Mike. Yeah. Why is the ocean always grumpy? Hang on. Oh, I've heard this one. I don't remember it. I don't know. why. You'd be grumpy too if you had crabs on your bottom. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's the part that people walk in for. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> all right. Well, um, so today's show, Flame Sensor One-on-One, all things Flame Sensors. Why are we talking about Flame Sensors today? Because they are amazing. <laughs> okay. Um, I totally can't find that Blue Planet on Disney Plus, if you're wondering. Well, I don't know that Blue Planet is specifically on. Did, do you have Disney Plus? Yeah. I Did just, you go to the search bar? The national, no, the National <laughs> Geographic tab. I used to love Nat- National Geographic when I was a kid. The magazine? That too. Oh, here we go. Was it something? I don't remember a National Geographic channel when I was no, a kid. No, there wasn't a channel, but every now and then they'd have different programs that would play. Oh, gotcha. And maybe it wasn't National Ge- Maybe it was just an outdoor show. Or I gotcha. Don't know. Do you, do you, are you okay, looking yeah, at it right I now? I found the National. Yeah. I'm okay, the- let me see. I'm just going to show you like a, an example of what I'm talking about. Um, well, like that wild Nordic would be one. The Not the shark. What's all those shark ones about? Wild Hawaii. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Good point, Uh, Kevin. (laughs) What are we going to talk about during the Flame Sensor episode? What's this shark movie about? There's like Wild Safari, Wild Congo. Uh, You've got, uh, let's see. I think, like, try to start one right now. And maybe my wife's home watching TV. Congo, I saw that one. You saw Congo? Yeah. That's by Michael Crichton. Oh. Did Uh, you see Cosmo? (laughs) No. Congo. America's National. Like, yeah, like all these things. Like any of those like documentary shows that yeah. look like they're about our world. Like look at that shot of that manatee. That's cool. No, I've never watched them. I'm going to tonight. I'm watching the kids tonight. So. They're cool. Like have on in the background. Like interesting. The cinematography. The the technology. Actually, I'll tell you this. You know what they leave out of those shows? The heat. The flies. <laughs> the smell of camels. Like. I'm good with the heat. I am I am a bit of an introvert and I know that there are people like Austin. He he's a he's an adventurer, a traveler. Going let's see. It's uh March second. How was Japan? Dude, Japan was so dope. It was <laughs> the best trip I've ever taken. So he wants to go and experience and he did experience Japan. I am the kind of person now that I've been on these adventures and things that I'm like People ask, like, wouldn't you want to visit this? Doesn't it look awesome? I'm like, I think I'd rather see an IMAX movie. <laughs> like, I remember in Petra, almost overheating, but, like, at the beginning of that trip, we're walking down, and it was a cool place, but, like, you could have seen the coolness in 4K, maybe even 8K, like, whatever the high-resolution thing is now. I remember, like, breathing hard. I was like, oh, like, really, like... that's my fault i was out of shape but i was breathing real hard and a fly went up my nose (laughs) on a big (laughs) inhale and Uh. you take the annoyance of like being hot and like trying to get as much air as you can and then like send a fly up your nose (laughs) did it like get stuck or no i like it out like I shot boogers and and a fly (laughs) like it came out like i'm just saying it wasn't like looking at the 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 uh, Petra temple that like everybody knows the picture of, and there's a whole lot more stuff there than that temple uh, that you see that's carved into the stone. But like seeing it, 
there was a whole lot more like pain and suffering that you had to go through to get to that moment. And that temple actually is one of the first things you see. There's a lot of stuff beyond that that you have to work even harder for. And now I'm thinking like all these people that are like climbing mountains and they're like, yeah, it's really hard. But once you get to the top, the view. And I'm like, I don't know that I would be that guy. I think I would be like complaining and upset that I had to like go through all that. So while everyone's like looking at the thing, I'm like, do you see what we just did? Did you see me almost fall off the mountain? Was this worth it? I could have sat home and seen this on You're going to post pictures of it on Instagram. I could have seen it there. <laughs> so I'm going to make your recommendation. My wife and I, my wife's from Peru. Yes. We went to Peru a few years ago. We yep. went to Machu Picchu. That one, that's one of those that looks, before you tell me this story, because I'm sure you're going to recommend going, like, <laughs> it looks. <laughs> your face right there was <laughs> Did like you see that? Poisoned. <laughs> it, I'm gonna, not going to lie. That's one of those where like I get sucked in like, just like everybody else. I'm like, this looks so awesome. And then all of the good views of Machu Picchu, you're standing on a whole nother mountain and there's a big old valley in between. It looks like a lot of hiking it's, upstairs to get there. It's all stone steps. It's up and down and up and down. But it is really cool. There's only been a few times in my life where I've gone somewhere and I was like, I'd seen it on TV and... You're like, oh, that'd be in kind of a neat place to go see. And then you go and you're like, wow, this place is amazing. That's, that's, there's only been, there's two or three. Where's the like other that. place besides Machu Picchu? Um, one of them was uh, Pompeii. Pompeii was amazing. What's in Pompeii? Tell me. Pompeii is the city that uh, uh, Mount Vesuvius erupted got and it. killed everybody instantly type thing. They got the bodies out of the plaster, whatever thingies. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, not gonna lie, like those jungle city, like Machu Picchu, it looks super dope. So if you were to ever do it. Do they have a tram? You can get to the entrance by bus. Oh. You don't have to take the Incan trail that's a three-day hike Hike up the face. Oh, that sounds like my, <laughs> that's my kind of hiking but the, <laughs> on a bus. Let me tell you, to get there from Lima, we had to take a plane ride to Cusco. From Cusco, you had to take like a two-hour train ride. On like this old school, like it reminded me of the Murder on the Orient type train, uh -huh. you know, but like old, yeah. older. And so you had to take that for a couple hours till you get to this little teeny town called Aguas Calientes. And that's where you take the bus from, which is like another 30 minute bus ride up. The, yeah. Anyway, the whole thing, just the whole experience is pretty fun. Huh. But you have to be like that. Hey, this is fun. Not, oh, this sucks. I don't got any Wi-Fi service. You oh. know what I mean? more stone steps <laughs> this is amazing uh, yeah <laughs> uh anybody I, listening? Hey, i got pictures i can show you pictures later then you don't have to go there you go that's also my way of traveling perfect like those oh i i probably would have been that guy like um when the carousel the little click click the stereotypical like oh we got to look at vacation pictures i probably would be like Ooh, another picture, <laughs> another place I don't have to visit because I've seen it. Uh, anyone listening, do me a favor down in the comments, um, list some places that I need to go and see. I'll Google the pictures and see if <laughs> see if I'm willing to go. Hey, with Google Earth now, you can go. You that's, can be there. That's true. Um, ooh, do you, I wonder if on that I promise people we'll get to the show. Uh, I get distracted easily. Um, I wonder if on Google Earth, like on that Incan trail, or is it Inca or Maya? The where your your Machu Picchu Inca 
So I wonder if, you know how you have street view? Mm -hmm. I wonder if you could just go on the stone steps and do street view from those. And then I could actually see everything. I don't have to miss anything. Hit the arrows. I bet you. I bet you. There's another jungle tree. (laughs) I bet you most of it's probably covered by trees. Well, um, that's awesome. Yeah. What were we talking about today? Flame sensors. Ooh, that's right. My favorite topic. Why is it your favorite topic? Well, you're going to find out after the show's done. Because once we're done talking about it, you're going to be like, I love this as well. No, one of, The reason it's one of my favorite topics is because it is a common uh, failure point for furnaces. And it's something super simple that people can try if they know what to try, like in a pinch. Like there's not a whole lot of things that like if your furnace goes out in the middle of the night that like, I mean, you're not going to have an extra um, rollout switch or an extra like inducer motor if it goes out. But if your flame sensor is dirty, like you can try to clean it to get you through the night until you can get a company out there, maybe avoid an after hours charge or if it's the weekend, you know, something like that. That That's why I like the flame sensor so much is because it's something simple and I don't know that much about things. <laughs> so it's like, that's, that's almost as technical as I can get. Like it's, you've got like, okay, go, go check your filter. But like, if your furnace is doing what we're going to eventually talk about, like there's a good chance then it might be a flame sensor issue. So go, you know, try and clean it or something. I don't know. That's for me. That's why I like it. Why did you guys want to talk about flame sensors today? Kevin yeah. said, because it's amazing, but well, let me tell you, flame wait, sensors. I know Richard's like, cause you're the host. <laughs> and you told us we're talking about it. <laughs> I was going to say flame. Did, did you see that on my face? <laughs> Flashbacks of that's, like previous episodes. That's just always what his face looks like. <laughs> he can't help it. Oh, that's Fla- sad. Flame sensors are magic. Okay. That's why I like flame sensors. Okay. Well, t- okay. Um, let's let's just do what what is a flame sensor? First off, people are listening, and maybe they didn't catch the last episode or the other you know twenty HVAC episodes that we did. Um, what is a flame sensor? Flame sensor is basically a sensor that tells the furnace that there is flames where there's supposed to be flames, and so it doesn't just put gas in your house. Right. I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but I look at a flame sensor really as like a safety, um, you know, mm-hmm. protocol as far as like in the design of how a furnace works. Because, like you said, when if you go back and listen to the previous HVAC episode that we did about the furnace ignition sequence, like you are pouring gas into a metal cabinet, lighting it on fire. If it doesn't light on fire, you're going to have like gas pouring into the into the basement. And so that flame sensor is really just there to say, did it, did it, uh, did the gas ignite and did it stay ignit? <laughs> ignit. I'm going to try that one in Scrabble. <laughs> so, be like uh, when, when your wife pulls out the Scrabble, this isn't a Scrabble dictionary word, like go listen to episode 55 of In the House. Ignit is a it's word. A, it's a legit word. And if it's not, it should be. Okay, first off, I know it's not a real word. And as I started to say it, I realized that it wouldn't be a real word. But, like, I thought it sounded. It you should be. It. You owned it. Right? Yeah. You own it. Make sure that it ignites and it stays ignit. <laughs> you owned it and patent pending. We are, uh, we're starting to trend. Okay. <laughs> uh, so so that's how I look at it. As a, is, it, it a, is it a safety Yeah, thing? it's a safety. Okay. So um, that's really why the flame sensor is there. How does the flame sensor work? You said it was magic. I it mean, is magic. Oh, 
Speaking of magic, what do you call um, what do you call a dog that does magic? No idea. A labracadabra. Uh, so, how is a flame sensor magic? <laughs> so, I, for the record, I didn't have to set anything up. I just saw an opportunity, and it was <laughs> on deck. Yeah, Boom. I'm, I'm glad Richard laughed because I didn't think it was funny. Well, I, yeah. And I like dogs. I do too, especially <laughs> magic ones. <laughs> Yeah. You ever seen a dog do a card trick? You in, seen those in, paintings, in paintings of like, you remember those paintings yeah. of dogs playing yep. cards? The poker table. Right? You ever anyway. seen a dog wear a monocle? <laughs> it's in those paintings. Isn't it? <laughs> I don't remember that detail. So anyway, if a dog was playing poker, I I think I remember smoking cigars and I would, I would expect a poker playing dog to wear a monocle. Mm-hmm. How does a flame sensor work? Why is it magic? So they are, and when I say magic, I'm a lot of people can look at. I mean, it's an illusion, uh, trickery. You can't see what's happening. Oh, right. Electricity. I've known people who basically look at electricity as magic. Right. Uh-huh. Essentially, the way your flame sensor works is through a process called flame rectification. Mm. Um, your flame that's in there believe it or not flame rectification a cadabra <laughs> yes okay we're done <laughs> keep going ignit <clears throat> that's a great word <laughs> sorry okay flame rectification yeah. what is it <laughs> so essentially and i'll be honest i'm not going to get into the super sure. in-depth whatever um but essentially it's the process of uh putting a ac voltage into the flame right it actually converts into DC voltage and the flame sensor is sensing that DC voltage and it's such a minute amounts. It's measured in microamps, right? Um, and the process involves... To give you an idea of scale, if you remember Hot Wheels cars, they came out with micro machines. They were a lot smaller. They're tiny. <laughs> if you could envision an amp and then think of a microamp, it's a lot smaller. Yep. That is a good comparison. Thank you. <laughs> So anyway, so it's meant to be informative. <laughs> so through that process, it's it's sensing that little tiny bit of electricity that's being converted, right? And it's there's a lot that goes into it between the the surface area that's actually on the burners and the surface area of the amount of surface area that's on the flame sensor itself, right? Um, but essentially, that flame sensor has to be able to sense those tiny bits of current coming back to it, uh-huh. right? In DC. Um, if it can't do that, then it can't tell that the flame is there and that's when it's going to shut off. So that's that process of flame rectification has to be able to happen. Question. Is it, um, when the flame, cause the flame sensor is in the path of the flame. Like if you were to look at it, the flames would ignite and there's that little metal rod sticking actually into the flame, mm-hmm. creating that, uh, that current that you're talking about. Is it something where it's just detecting all the time and it's almost like a a switch that's being like left open or closed like when the flame is there and then when the flame stops so could the flame stop at any point when it's running and all of a sudden that current's gone and it kicks off everything is that how it works yeah it has to when the flame is there it is sensing got it and so that's the whole thing is if you're going to have flame there it's telling it to have flame there and the flame is not there it has to be able to say hey whoa something's wrong shut down um, how, I mean, I mentioned earlier that it's uh, a, a common, uh, failure point for the furnace. Uh, why is that? 
It's a sensor that gets used. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's constantly in heat. I mean, it's a metal product. So it gets dirty, gets build up, carbon build up on it and stuff like that. So it's a, like I said, it gets, it gets hot. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything that someone can do? Like I talked about one of the things that I like is like, if it, if it happens, there's some things that you can try yourself. So talk to me if, if somebody's in a pinch, well, first let's, let's describe, we talked about the ignition sequence in, in a previous HVAC episode. Let's actually walk them through. What are they going to not in as much depth as we did, but what are they going to hear or see that might give them an indication that the flame sensor is not sensing for one reason or another. So most of the time what's going to happen is, Everything will start up at first like normal. Okay. Your inducer fan motor is going to kick on. You're going to see your igniter light if you're down there looking, right? Um, and then you're going to hear your gas valve click. Click. You'll hear a whoosh of gas rushing. And then it'll go for a few seconds. And oftentimes, if your flame kicks on, right, it'll go, it'll whoosh with the flame. You'll watch the flame go across. It'll run for three, five seconds-ish, and then it'll just shut off, right? Flame will just go away. And then most furnaces will... You'll hear the inducer motor come on again. It'll start over. Just start over and try again. And they'll do it a few times before they'll eventually just lock out and just shut the furnace down. Was there something funny, Richard, yeah, that you'd like to share with the group? <laughs> so we ignit, ignit, whoosh, and ish. <laughs> Two of those were sound effects. One was like a, an actual thing, the ignit. Whoosh, ignit, ish. <clears throat> Eglit, wasn't it? Ignit. No, wait. It was you ignited. It ignites and then it stays ignit. That's right. Yeah. Eglit. I just when Kevin was talking about that, I just laughed. Stayed lit was what you should have said. That would have been the proper way to have said it. I'm not trying to connect with your brain's trying to fix itself. I'm not trying to connect with the young folks. There's no sense. Mm Mm-mm. Um. Okay. So yeah. So with the ignition sequence, if you go down to your furnace. Like, oh, first they'll probably notice that like, uh, furnace is like not coming on. You do the little temperature thing on the wall. What's that thing called? Thermostat. You try and adjust the temperature (laughs) and, uh, you're not getting warm air coming out of the, uh, we're technical here. Don't worry about it. Um, and warm air is not coming out. If you go down to your furnace and more than likely you're not going to recognize it at the beginning and you might go down and there's a, um, Again, give me a technical term. An LED blinking uh, oh, yes. indicator light, yes. an error code. Uh, if you look through the little indicator window, because more than likely it's gone into that. You were about to say it goes into a lockout mode. Mm-hmm. So it'll try that ignition sequence, you know, three, four five times. And then it will go into a lockout mode where it will be a certain amount of time before it tries it again. If you go down and you're looking at the furnace and it's just not doing anything and you look at that LED code, uh-huh. right? And you, you watch the flashes and you look at the the guide that tells you what the flashes mean and it mm-hmm. says ignition lockout there's a good chance that you've got an issue with your flames i mean it, it is a super common thing that can happen and one thing that you can do is you can actually just flip the furnace off count to 10 turn it back on and it will try to um ignite again it'll go back into yeah, the ignition <clears throat> sequence you reset your system just like resetting a computer right and so the thing that I would listen for, because the thing that's going to make the most noise is when those that gas ignites into flames, because it sounds like little jet engines igniting, and then you'll hear it like, and it like it it literally sounds like an engine shutting off because it's like, 
Uh, go we back, have, and we, I want you to make a montage of all the uh, sound, effects. sound effects going on today. <laughs> um, anyway, so if you hear that happen, then it's a safe bet that, or not safe, it's, I would start with that to try, especially if it was late at night, cold night, weekend or something. I would try this before, uh, you know, I called somebody or I call somebody to get on the schedule, but I'd try this. Yeah. If I have somebody says, you know, the flames turn on for a few seconds and turn off, that's typically where I'll start is let's take a look at this flame sensor. Okay. So take the door off and there's usually do most furnaces have like the two doors once, uh, covering the, the blower fan and one's covering the, do, yeah. the gas yeah. part. So take, take the door off and expose the gas burner system. And then I would actually try and watch it ignite because we've talked about this before where people will mix up the igniter and the flame sensor and you don't want to break the igniter or try and like mess with it because it's really brittle and it could break and then you got a whole different issue. Go ahead. I was just going to say, if you watch it go through a sequence, don't touch the one that turns red. <laughs> Very good. Well, I mean... Not only because it would be hot, but like that's not the one that well, that's what's it, ignites even if you wait it. till it cools down. Don't touch that one. <laughs> All right, fair enough. So on the opposite end, because they're usually are there any models that where the flame sensor and the igniter are both on the same side of the burner assembly? There's a <clears throat> there's a specific brand that has them kind of built in, but mostly no. Okay, so if you see the one rod glow on the other end of that gas burner assembly you'll see a, a little metal rod and if you follow the back there'll be usually one screw that's like holding that thing in and it's possible that you've got a one that you have to take a little cover that's covering the uh the burner assembly take that cover off in order to see those there's a few brands of furnaces out there that are kind of a pain to get them out on most of them they're pretty accessible but there's some where you like gotta get got to pull things off the front and get up underneath with a screwdriver. So if you can easily get to it. Yeah. yeah. So if you can easily get to it, there's usually one screw holding the thing in. It's got a, a porcelain base and then this little metal rod sticking out where um, it sticks into the path of the flame. What, what if once they get that out, how, what's the process of trying to clean it? What are some acceptable ways of cleaning the flame sensor? Cause if it got dirty, that's a common thing. And it's just, it's a layer of buildup that makes it so that it's not conducting that electricity the way that it should to say, hey, that there's flame. Because you can physically see, like, there is flame. I can see it. It's in the flame. But it's not enough. What's happening is you're not sending enough electricity down for some reason or, you know, whatever. But uh, how do you clean it? Just wipe it off. You can use. <laughs> just grab some tissue paper. <laughs> Come on. You can use like a Brillo pad or there's, they actually make it. Not look. the kind that have the, the soap. Yeah. That, not not an SOS pad. Yeah. They, uh, they make a tool too, but that's not what, you know, your average homeowner sure. can have lying in there. So, um, try a little, little piece of fine grit sandpaper works really good. Yeah. Steel wool. Steel wool. You know, I, I rub, would say. Rub it on your pants if that's all you got. Sure. I, I mean, I've seen I've seen technicians, I mean, really just kind of for the novelty of it, saying that you could use like currency, like, a you know, a dollar bill or something. But you, you don't want to, you don't want to be touching all over the rod itself. You don't want your oil, the oils from your fingers and things getting on it. But hold it from the porcelain base and then whatever you're using to clean, you're trying to polish it. Uh, really to get that build up off. And so, you know, you're trying to polish around and around and then up and down the little uh, metal rod to try. And if you look at it, you'll probably see it'll look like if you were to take a, you know, a, 
if you were to take a, a, a stick and like light it in the middle of it, you would see that that heat signature, it like creates a pattern. If you look at the flame sensor, you'll see that pattern on that metal rod. So try and clean it, polish it up, and then reinstall it, put it back in, and rehook it up, and then make sure your furnace is off, turn it back on. Yeah, turn the power off before you start tearing in there. Very good safety tip by our safety expert, Richard. Um, <laughs> if I'm the safety expert, wow. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, well, that was a good reminder. I forgot. I take advantage or take for granted sometimes. I never take advantage. Uh, take for, gra- <laughs> for granted uh, those things. Um, have you ever tried? I saw somebody. Sorry, let me finish. Okay, turn the power back on. Watch it go back through the ignition sequence. And if it if the flame comes on and stays on, then you're probably okay. Now, I would say this. If I'm like, if I'm suggesting for a friend, you know, that like texts me, you know, over the weekend or whatever, and he tries this and it comes back on, I would tell him you're probably okay. Like that you don't necessarily have to like set an appointment at that point. But if it happens again, like go and try and polish it up again, but it's going to start happening more frequently. And you're, if it happens a second time, uh, then call somebody because the rod can start to go bad. Um, and polishing it up is, is just really, um, delaying the inevitable. And so, but again, it's really just meant, I like it cause it can get you out of a pinch. And I guess I like it also because I'm not, as anyone listening to the show knows, I'm not the most technical person. That's why we have the the guests on the show. Uh, but I had a, my brother-in-law, you know, had an apartment and just because I work for any hour, people assume that I know everything. And so he would, he reached out to me and I had learned about flame sensors at this point in my life. And I told him to try that because it sounded like flame sensor thing. And he thought, and that's the problem is they ask a question and I happen to know that answer. And it just reinforced that like, Oh, Mike probably knows everything. Now I'm going to ask him every time I need help. <laughs> and, if, you, yeah. if you, if you, if you have to tear it apart and clean it, I would suggest getting it tested, you know, make sure because there is a range that those need to be, Yeah, you know, it may give you, like I said, it may be all it is and it now good. However, the last thing we want is we just don't want a system to be break down and be unreliable for them. Yes. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I've always thought the cleaning of it is more of a, in, in the event of an emergency type of a scenario. It was, it's hard when I was out running service calls, you know, you clean someone's flame sensor and as a company, how do I warranty that when I have to come back out there the next week because it stops that quick again, Mm. you know? Um, And then there's different scenarios. There's times where other stuff will get built up on there. A lot of furnaces and laundry rooms. Mm -hmm. And so you get that lint flying around in the air and those ones, it seems like you can, in, in my experience, you've been able to wipe those off a little bit better and they'll seem to last a little bit longer, you know, afterwards. Yeah. But uh, it, it is, it, it's more of an, emer- and this is what I tell people, you know, in a pinch, yeah, let's just get that cleaned off for you, you know? Yeah, and I, I hope that I made it sound that way at the beginning of the show that like, you know, that's one of the reasons I like it is because if you are in a in a pinch, you know, and it's late at night, maybe you may even like try and call an HVAC company, but if it's that first cold night of the season or first really low temperature drop, guess what? Yours isn't the only furnace that's going out. And so everyone's calling this limited number of HVAC companies and you know, there's only so many technicians out there. And so you might not be able to get somebody out that night. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that's what I mean. And to Richard's point about testing uh, the flame sensor in our 
pursuit of trying to serve you as well as we can. We actually have like three videos specifically about flame sensors. One shows you how to test it. One shows you how to clean it. And one actually shows you how to replace it. If you were of the mind that you wanted to like try and, you know, do that yourself. You can just look up any hour services on YouTube and find that in our DIY playlist if you want. Or you know what, Austin, throw some links down in the, in the description for those uh, videos. Cause Austin's magic. He does everything he makes it look he makes this look easy this show's been magical today yeah a magical topic mm-hmm. for a magical group yes sir just out there spreading magic labracadoodle <laughs> labracadabra <laughs> was labracadabra that's what it was uh but i'm sure if you mixed a labracadabra with a poodle you'd get a labracadoodle <laughs> or whatever um anything else you want to add to the topic of flame sensors you were going to ask us a question. That's true. I was that I was watching a video. Have you ever tried like, cause you've got a couple of different styles, flame sensors. Some of them are straight. Some of them are like L shaped. Have you ever tried to take a flame sensor and bend a straight one into an L to see if it would work? I have in a pinch. Yes, I have done it and it worked. And I went back the next day and replaced it with the OEM one because I am not going to re-engineer a sensor. Correct. Yeah, no, I, that's, it has I worked. Was, I was watching a video and this guy like was like, Hey, if you're ever like in a pinch and you don't have the right, as long as you can get that rod into the flame, you know, and it works, but yeah. Yeah. You're, if you're bending the me- the metal, you're basically changing the dynamics of that metal. It's oh, not going to be hundred percent. Yeah. Don't do that as a permanent solution, <laughs> yeah, but I have done it on what I've had to. That's the show. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next Tuesday with a new episode of In the House. If you'd like to know more about Any Hour Services, visit anyhourservices.com. I've been your host, Mike Wilson. These have been my guests. Thanks for listening, Richard and Kevin. Like I forget people that are listening. I'm like, these have been my guests. And in my mind, I've envisioned the camera like, boom, popping their pictures up. But <laughs> then there's a lot of people that listen to the show. And thank you for listening. If you haven't, like, give us a review. Like, Go to iTunes and... I don't know. Where else can you review the show? Austin, you're our podcast expert. iTunes is the only one that matters. So (laughs) iTunes. Really disrespectful coming from Austin. It's true, though. It's the only one that anybody like Spotify doesn't matter? Not really. Unless they give you $100 million and you only post your show there. Yeah. Shout out to Joe Rogan. I'd love to come on the show, my man. (laughs) (laughs) Or you can come on ours whenever you're in Utah. And uh, I'll come get some elk from you. I was gonna say he elk hunts here, so at least I think he does. I think he's he's mentioned Utah before, it like as far as hunting here. So yeah, go ahead. Um, and only five stars matter, and I'm not just saying that. It's very binary. Even though there are five stars, it's either five stars, and if it's anything lower than that, then the agri- like the the way the system works is it won't. It doesn't like grab four-star people. It only grabs five stars. So if you're going to review us, please leave a five-star review. We'd if appreciate you it. like the show and you'd say like, that's a five-star show, leave us a review. If not, just email me and tell me you don't like me. <laughs> <laughs> that information would actually get to me a lot, <laughs> lot, lot faster. <laughs> hey, not you guys. <laughs> anyway, thanks for listening. See ya.